Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. All right, let's pray and let's get into the Word. Lord, we thank you so much for all you've done, all you're doing. We're looking forward to hearing your word. God, I'm asking that you in this moment would think through my mind and speak through my mouth. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and redeemer and every glad and happy heart say amen. I want to thank all of you who are watching online, who are watching on Fox who are in the lower venue and are here in our sanctuary. We want you to know we love you. Whatever you have chosen to do that is best for your family um, to worship, I'm just glad we have all of the uh, choices available. But I do want to say I look forward to seeing you in person. There was uh, several people I got an opportunity to see in person. It was meaningful to me. I hadn't seen them since they either got married or if they or, or something, had a baby. Um, it's just extraordinary time. Uh, we need human fellowship. Um, and so I'm gonna to continue today in our series called Circles. So I'll start with a question. You know, you know um, I don't know quite where this fits in my sermon, but I wrote it down, so I'm just gonna say it. You know, I don't like Disney movies. And one of the reasons I don't like Disney movies, Pastor Jim, is because they be lying. You know, the Lion King. There's no way that Mufasa's gonna have a monkey as his second in charge and not eat that monkey. Y'all know that. We are predisposed to believe things that are just a lie. They're a lie. You know ain't no circle of life where all that, all, the lions eat everything in the circle. Yes, but there's a reason that we keep watching it, and there's a reason that we like it. And part of the rationale is because as humans, there's the number one thing we want the most, and there's the number one thing we need the most, and they're, they're, they're one and the same. And it doesn't matter how ridiculous it is uh, or how painful it might be, this thing that you want and need, you'll go for it every time. It's the bait of humanity. Um, you throw this out, you throw out the opportunity for it, I, 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 people gonna go for it every time. Uh, there's also this part of us that, 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 that wants to make each other believe we actually don't have a need for it. And so we kind of walk around as if we don't, but if it stays in front of you long enough, you will take it every time. Many of you are uh, perusing your brains, trying to come up with exactly what it is. And I will not tell you, if you do not know, you're not in on it. But I will make you desire it even more. When we look at 
the scriptures today, <laughs> somebody say, man, how you going to leave it like that? Left you. We look at the scriptures today, we're going to look at some people and some characters who all find themselves in the same condition and need and want, but they all solve it in different ways. And I'm going to be looking at the biblical story that's in 1 Samuel 20, really starts at chapter 15, but there's no way in 30 minutes I could, I could cover this many chapters. So I started somewhere toward the end, and I picked a few verses that would allow me to articulate the whole story in a way that might be creative and insightful to you. Um, let's look at 1 Samuel 20, verse 12, and actually read it together. Just one verse. Let's just read it together. One, two, ready, read. Now, I'm sure at this point you don't quite know what's going on, uh, but Jonathan is trying to calm David down. He's had an episode where his very life has been in jeopardy. Um, it's not been pleasant time for him. Uh, and Jonathan is trying to convince him that he can handle the situation that he is in. Um, David is in a bewildered state. He's lost the thing that we all want the most and need the most. He's lost the comfort of it. He's lost the joy of it. In fact, he's in a state of confusion when he's having a conversation with, with David. And you can see that there's some emotion within these words of trying to calm down and convince that there's a person that you have been in relationship with and it's broken down and it has disturbed you to the highest level. Uh, the relationship that David was in was with his uh, father named Saul. And David's relationship with Saul started out really good. But before I can tell you how it started out good, I need to let you know what went bad in Saul's life. Saul was defined by a word that defined every other relationship he had. He was a man who was small in his own eyes. God came into his life, gave him a better, bigger vision, gave him a bigger platform, gave him a bigger opportunity, and the things that God gave him started defining him instead of God and his relationship. And then he started superseding uh, what God wanted for him, and he started disobeying God and doing whatever he wanted to do versus what God wanted him to do. And there was a time that God came and said, I want to get our relationship straight because you have chosen uh, to do what you want instead of what I want. Uh, and you rejected me. I'm rejecting you as king. I'm going to tell you something. When you're in relationship with somebody who's already been rejected, it makes the relationship with that person you're having 
immediately dysfunctional. And the very thing you need the most and that you want the most and that you will actually do anything to get, you'll find out you can't get it. And, and if you only realize that the very relationship that you're in can no longer provide it for you, it's simply because the person that you're wanting it from is in a rejected state. When someone rejects God and keeps God out of their circle, keeps God out of their life, or tries to have God in their life under, under their terms and make God small and them big, you are already in trouble. You are already in trouble. So David is in a relationship with someone who confessed, don't make me turn to every scripture just because I'm, I'm away from the book and I just want to just paraphrase. All this is in the Bible, but I want to pray. They, 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 David, see, when you're rejected, then Saul, Saul rejects God, God rejects him, and now Saul is not protected from evil spirits, and evil spirits are coming into his life tormenting him. And let me tell you something about tormented people. Tormented people torment. Uh, frustrated people frustrate. Broken people begin to break everything else. And if you're leaning on a relationship in your circle and you're making it everything you ever wanted, desired, or needed, then you're already in trouble because rejected people can only reject you. And even if they give you words of affirmation and words of encouragement and words of love, if they don't have God, if they don't have Christ, if they've eliminated the, the author of love, God is love. If you don't have him, you can't have what you want. He's rejected. Many people in this room and throughout the world and watching online, we're walking around feeling rejected and then trying to go get fulfilled by entering into relationship with rejected people. And they give us the impression that we are accepted and the fact that we're rejected because they're accepting what we can do, not who we are. I'm going to prove it to you. Y'all need to talk back to me now. This is my morning service. We, these are the most holy people. These are the people who love God more than everything. Everybody else don't count. You would love the Lord. See, see when, that, when you reject God and something invades your life and you're trying to get your life back in order, uh, you need some help. Rejected people always look for people who are stable, look for people who are strong, look for people who've got it all together. They're always attracted to you. And because you have a need to not feel rejected, remember there's something that you want and need more than anything else. And if you're not getting it, You'll, you'll, you'll look for it for everywhere. So, oh, I was going to give you this scripture, but wait a minute. Let me tell you about David. I told you about Saul. Why would this relationship be so, so uh, amenable to one another? Because there was a moment in David's life when, when, when they were searching, God was searching for a man 
and they were looking for this man, and, and, and God had seven sons go by, and he didn't find the one he wanted, and they were looking and said, well, don't you have anybody else? They said, yes, yeah, a guy out in the field. You see, he was already not even counted good in his own house, in his own circle. It's something when you break down in your nuclear family and the people around you don't love you quite the right way, you start opening yourself up to other people because you can't walk around feeling rejected. So, so, so David got some rejection issues in him. Saul's been rejected from the Lord. And now, but Saul needs somebody that got something better than him. He's looking for the gift, not the person. Scripture says in 1 Samuel 16, uh, verse 18, and, and one of the young men, because they were, Saul was saying, I need some help. Y'all got to help me. These demons driving me crazy. He said, one of the young men answered, behold, I have seen one of the sons of Jesse, a Bethlehemite, who was skilled in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with him. Okay. So, so he might be a little rejected by people, but he's, he, he got something going on with God. Uh, therefore, Saul sent a messenger to Jesse and said, send me David, your son, who is with you uh, and the sheep. And he said, and, Je and Jesse sent him along, verse 21 said, and David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. You see, we are so desperate for love that when it shows up from a rejected person, a broken person, a frustrated person, I'd rather have that than hang around a family that can't remember where I'm at. I've got some characteristics that have brought me to the attention of the king, and I'd rather be appreciated for the things I do since I haven't been valued for the man that I am. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Hey, Jesus. See, he was rejected, and somebody started identifying him by his characteristics, and he interpreted it as love, but this is a self-centered love. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. And other servants won't have me go into the scriptures because they didn't get up. You get extra stuff when you get up. See there? The harmful spirit would come. Here, now here's it. Watch this. The harmful spirit would come. He would get David to play the liar, and, and then, but he said, but the Bible says Saul would have a spear in his hand when the crazy spear would come. Can you imagine that? I got a job, and the guy said he loved me. I ain't never felt this is good. They paying me good. I'm in the palace. I'm, they, I get to hang out with the king by myself. I don't know why nobody else want to hang with him. He loved me. In there. And he's walking around, I wish I had a spear. He's walking around with a spear, talking to himself. David just playing. He just playing. And the Bible says 
that he threw the spear at David with the intent to pin him to the wall. And he missed twice, which means he picked up one spear and missed him and then grabbed another one and took another shot at it. Now, how did you go from loving me to wanting to kill me? Because when you're unequally yoked together with unbelievers, when you are in relationships where people have rejected God, you have no opportunity to be loved the way you need to be loved and you want to be loved. You might be craving it all day long, but when God, who is love, is not in it, you're only going to experience more and more rejection. And when Jonathan is talking to David, he's trying to figure out, does Saul still love me? Why in the world would he still be hungry for a relationship that is abusive? Why in the world would he want to be around a man who tried to kill him? Why do we stay in relationships that can cost us our lives? They are toxic. Maybe some of the things we need to do online audience, maybe some of the things we need to do is evaluate where our relationships are with Christ. Now, but let me tell you why this relationship kept going left. I'm probably going slower than I should, but I'm having so much fun. Y'all just tell me, do the slow version. I'm just enjoying my, thank you. Come on, now I need encouragement. Helpabrotherout.com. And the Bible says, Whenever Saul saw that David had success, he feared him. Whenever Saul saw that the people loved him, he feared him. Whenever Saul saw that his daughter, whom he gave him in marriage, he feared him. And I'm going to tell you something. You can be rejected. And he said, the people, he said, the people loved David. David's name means beloved. David uh, was loved by his wife. And, and David did not maintain love with Saul because it was a shallow love that was rooted out by fear. Fear of David. You can't have somebody that's jealous of you also give you love. But I'm going to tell you, rejected, but he was still loved. He was rejected by man but he was still loved. His name means beloved. Some of y'all need to know that your toxic relationship does not define how God feels about you, how others feel about you. You don't need to be worried about that. You might need to just adjust your circle. Adjust your circumstance. I know, and I know in relationships, and, and somebody can take this to the illogical extreme and say, I'm giving you a trivial way out of your marriage or out of something like that. But no, I'm giving you to investigate what the problem is. Because if you can get to the root of the problem, you can get to the, to, to the solution. It's hard for somebody to love you when they reject God. But that don't mean you're not loved. You rejected, but you loved. Rejected, but you loved. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 13. Why don't y'all read that out loud and give me a little break here. Ready? One, two, three.
Jonathan said, I know that this broken relationship has caused you some frustration. I know that in times past when we first met, I told you we had a loving relationship, and yet the person that, you, that, that that's treating you bad, I was re- in relationship with, and I didn't protect you. And you're thinking perhaps you can't trust anybody. But I want to let you know, beloved, if you walk through this world just because it gives you abuse from time to time, saying, I don't know if I'm loved or I can't love anybody, you're in a dangerous place. You need love. You want love, but you just got to know where you've got to get it from. I want you to know he was rejected, but still loved. See, you have to remember that you are already accepted. You are already accepted. Remember, you're already in the circle of love and is confirmed by the Spirit. You're already in. You got to put that slide up, please. You know, no, you remember you are already accepted. And you're in the circle of love. And it's been confirmed by the... Let me prove it to you. When David was the beloved that was forgotten, God didn't forget him. God said, wait a minute. I'm not... You, all these other sons are rejected, but I got some real good news. You might be in the, in, way out in somebody else's radar, but you're on my radar, love. And when he poured the anointing oil on him, He said, then he confirmed it by the Spirit of God rushing on him. God doesn't just love you. He doesn't just accept you. He imparts to you the spirit of liberality, the spirit of love, the spirit of Almighty God. So you will have a confirmation that you are loved. Beloved, it does not yet appear. What we, shall, we, we, we know when he shall be, we'll be like him. We are the sons and daughters of God. So here it is. My man needs to accept that he is loved. It's confirmed by the Spirit. But you know, know, remember I told you his name means beloved. But the Spirit was confirming it before Samuel ever got there to help him acknowledge that he was accepted and not rejected. The Spirit of the Lord came on him when a bear came and tried to keep him from doing his job. And you know, let me tell you something. We just go past these scriptures quick. Because, you know, for online audience, we say stuff like here, you know, the black people I know don't go in the woods. <laughs> and mainly because we know what's in there. Pastor Corey, who gave y'all the exhortation, him and his family tried to invite me camping in the woods with them. Did I make it? I didn't make it. Because I said I would come, but I had to repent. Because I already know. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. You you can't you can't a a bear. See, love gave him power. Love gave him an assignment. Love didn't reject him. Whenever you're interacting with love, you should always be built up. You should always be strengthened. You should always grow in confidence. You should always grow in faith. And love, real love, will let you know, I've always been there. I acknowledged it publicly through a prophet, but I've always been there. Remember the bear. Remember the lion. So by the time he's finally cluing in, 
that though Saul rejected me, God has accepted me. He looks at a giant that's trying to intimidate a people and say, you, you coming at me with sword and spear, but I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord, the one who accepts me, the one who empowers me. His love toward me has power. And when my circles break down at home, when my circles break down at work, when my relationships break down that I've just received, I've got a relationship with God. See, Saul didn't have a relationship with God to recover him, but David had a relationship with God where he could say, I'm still coming in the name of the Lord. I'm still doing the assignment of the Lord because remember, you are accepted in the circle of love and confirmed by the Spirit. He cannot stop your assignment I, I, I gotta, I'm gonna rush to this close that's not true I'm not gonna rush I'm having too much fun you gotta get it verse 14 I know I've been emphasizing almost as if you're you you you're Man rejects you, God accepts you. I didn't say that, but I think you can feel that way. But what if I told you, yeah, let me say it your way. I say, man can reject you. God will accept you. And other men sent by God will confirm you and protect you. See, when you're walking in the Spirit of God, Men, they can, they can really work. Watch, watch this verse. Watch verse, verse 14. Okay? Ready? Read. He said, keep going, uh, verse 15 as well. You read verse 16. Jonathan, remember, is trying to calm David down. David is trying to decide whether to go to the festival because his Saul is going to not reject him but accept him. Jonathan is trying to convince him that I've been an advocate for you from the very beginning. Jonathan is not going to only reaffirm the covenant he made on the, on the beginning of the relationship. Uh, he's going he's to magnify it again. I believe that in order for you to understand the depth of this point, you need to understand the beginning of the relationship between Jonathan and David. This relationship was quite, quite authentic and stellar. Many people have tried to pervert this relationship between Jonathan and David, but I think all of us would desire something similar to this. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18, verse 1, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, this is after the killing of Goliath, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. In other words, they, become, they became as one person. 
This is without words. This is without deep interaction. This didn't happen over the course of a year. This didn't happen over the course of a month. This didn't happen over the course of a week or a day or a minute. This happened in an instant. Uh, I know that, that we laugh at the, the terminology of love at first sight, but this was an authentic love at first sight. The depth of the brotherhood was something that God was at work doing. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul, as if they were the same person. This is meaning sameness. And this is going to be proven in a minute in verse 2. See, this is the kind of love you want. Remember, this is what everybody wants the most and everybody needs the most. And it's what you'll do ridiculous things to get. But yet David is staring love in the face in the human capacity like he's never known, but he's unsure whether he can accept it. He's accepting the type of love that is rejecting him, but he's rejecting the type of love that's accepting him. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Sometimes we don't know how to recognize a love when it's staring us in the face. This man is not wasting time. Uh, uh, playing games with, with what the relationship is. He said, man, me and you are the same. We're on the same level. Go, well, let's just go further. And, and Saul took him that day and would not let him uh, return to his house. Then Jonathan, think about it. Jonathan made a covenant with David. I want you to know a covenant in the, in, during those times is the most solemn, inviolatable, intimate uh, strongest bond that you could have at that particular time. When, they, when, when Jonathan is saying he made a covenant with David, you have to think about him after the moment that God has knitted their hearts together saying, I need to have a demonstration to show this man that there's no need to fear me. He, he needs to know that he can accept me. So what I'm going to really do is I'm going to cut up some animals and I'm going to walk between these animals to demonstrate that this is what I want God to do to me if I violate this covenant with this man. I'm not just going to make this a casual word thing. I'm going to demonstrate my love through my actions and I'm going to surrender some stuff. Watch, watch what he surrenders. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him. This word love is ahada, A-H-A-B, ahab. And this love is an authentic love. It is a real love. It is the love that God has for humanity. It's the love that God asks humanity to have for one another. This is a pure uh, type of love. And, and the Bible says he loved him as his own soul, and Jonathan stripped himself of his robe. He took off his priestly garments, and, that was with, and he gave it to David, and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And I want you to know when Dave, what, what Jonathan was doing is saying, I am surrendering the greatness of my life, the resources of my life, the significance of my life in my name. And I'm saying that what you do in this world is more important than who I can become in this world. And I'm not denying myself the opportunity, but I'm saying if it was a choice between me and you, I choose you. I mean, on first meeting him, you know God has put them together because love will cost you something. When people say they love you, but they don't want to marry you, but they want to sleep with you, you know that they're not willing to pay the price. So guess what? I like Beyonce's song. You should have put a ring on it. So you didn't, so you can't. 
So, you know, you, you, there's no benefit for you in any way. I'm telling you, when people actually love you, they lay down their life for you. No greater love have a man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. If people say they're your friend, but yet they can't inconvenience themselves, they won't prefer you over, over themselves. Maybe they don't understand friendship. Maybe they don't even want friends because they, this is what Jonathan is displaying. I love you. And you think you only can be loved by people who have long-standing relationships with you, but that's not necessary. Jonathan just had a relationship with him. When he took off his sword, I, I always imagine it like this. I've never seen it in any commentary this way, but I imagine it like this. He said, our relationship, he took off his robe and his honor says, the resources you don't have, the kingly status you don't have, the throne that you don't have, I'm giving it to you. When I'm standing there before you, vulnerable, that, that, that I have nothing to hide in our relationship. Do you have any type of relationship? Do you have the type of relationship where you got nothing to hide? Where you can lay it all out? You can be naked and unashamed? What kind of relationships do you have? Do you have the ones where you can be vulnerable? Do you have those type of friendships? I'm talking about bear it all. Jonathan said, I'm willing. I'm willing in our relationship to bear it all. And it's like, you don't give another person your weapon. When you give somebody your weapon, it's like saying, because I will never use my power against you. I will never use my resources to hurt you. You know, I want to close with this. Stand to your feet. I think it's so easy in a moment like this to not understand the depth. I, I, I've been trying to look at Jonathan's name means a gift given. He made a covenant and I thought about Jesus. Jesus made a covenant with us. Wow. I thought about how many times Jonathan said he loved them, but then how many times it, God said he loved us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I thought about the level of humility that Jonathan had to have in protecting David and accepting David, the amount of humility to prefer somebody over yourself. And then I thought about uh, Christ, who being in the form of God, thought, it, thought equality with God was not, he humbled himself and came, became obedient. You know, he, Jonathan and David, basically when, when Jonathan, when David is accepting his clothes and putting on Jonathan's clothes, it's a oneness. It's a sameness. It's not saying I don't exist. It's saying that, that we're going to exist like one person. It's like everything I got is yours and everything you have, we're we going to look out for each other. You know, Jesus did not give up his throne like uh, Jonathan did for David, but he sure made us available to share the throne with him. I know sometimes it's easy to leave Christ out of our life. And we would rather circle up with people who have already proven to have rejected us. But I'm telling you that you've been accepted long ago by God. God laid down his life to redeem us, the just for the unjust. He, we, we, him who knew no sin, he became sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. When you start thinking about that great love, it's amazing. What if it was a world that we lived in where we were no longer focusing on 
the relationships that have rejected us, but on the one who has accepted us. What if we did that? We would have a world where we weren't fighting to, to be seen because we would know we are seen. This world is broken and it needs more Jonathans. Jonathan's name means a gift given. What if I told you that just like Christ is a gift given to us, you're supposed to be a gift given to someone else? What if I told you that even though you may not know God like you want to know him, you are beloved no matter how broken your relationships are? I want to pray for you today because there is hope that God could mend your circle, get you out of the wrong circles and into the right circles, into the right relationships where you are protected and that you're safe. He actually really cares about you. I want to pray for you. No matter if you, just bow your heads. Even at home, if if you feel like in this room or at home, online in a lower venue, Jesus spoke to you during this message. And he gave you some things to adjust in your life. To move out of relationships that where rejection was there and accept the fact that he's accepted you. If you feel like that has resonated, resonate, re- resonates with you, resonates with you. And that God is speaking to you through this. I just want to see your hand because I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands. And even at home, just raise your hand because it's a sign of surrender. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that breakthrough would begin to happen. In the name of Jesus, the supernatural touch of God would begin to happen. A renewal would begin to happen. A breakthrough would begin to happen. That all dead, unproductive, wrong relationships would be broken by the power of Jesus Christ. And that anybody who's not in a relationship with Jesus Christ could say yes to the Lord right now. Just whosoever calling in the name of the Lord should be saved. Just under your breath or wherever you're at, just say yes, Lord. I believe and I receive you. Lord, now protect them, heal them, bring them to the new place, the high place, the God place. And we give you praise for all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Just give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, Pastor Bryson.